You want to see the future of the aluminum industry? If you don't have a mentor, you're going to take 10 times longer to figure something out. You have to listen to the customer. Uh, what are their needs? What are their problems? Pay attention. Look around. What is your voltage? Podemos decir que somos una de las, de las empresas líderes. So, hello again. We're here uh, with another episode of uh, Dirty Scrap, the Aluminum Podcast. And today, Luke Palin, um, Spectro Allo is president. So, how Luke? I, I, how are you? How are you doing today? Hi, Julio. I'm, I'm great. Thanks for having me. I can imagine that you're very busy, right? <laughs> with everything that is happening out there. So, to start, I want to, because I was checking your background and all your, your journey and You have uh, a business management uh, degree in economy from the St. John's University. Yep. Then it's, it's very interesting from, for me that you are very skilled in marketing and sales. And you just jumped from uh, the Botanic Oil um, Innovation Company to be the president of one of the biggest aluminum recycling companies in the U.S. So I really want to understand how yeah. you just jump from one industry to the other. Well, I... Uh, uh... To back up a little bit, uh, Spectro Alloys is a family business that that uh, uh, I, I got my cut my teeth kind of working summers in high school and college out here stacking ingot in the plant. Um, and, really, uh, and my my dad, and my grandpa uh, bought the company back in 1989, um, and uh, I, I did that for a few summers in high school and college, and and got mm-hmm. to know the the plant and the process and and kind of. Uh, um, a feel for recycling and, and, uh, but I wanted to go off and, and do other stuff. So about for the first nine, 10 years after college, I, I, uh, I wanted to go a different direction. And, and, uh, um, you know, I think the entrepreneurial spirit is, is pretty strong in my, in, in myself and my family. And, um, I did all sorts of, of things, started a painting company right out of school and, and, uh, had a wine import business for a while. Um, in importing Spanish wines, actually. Um, Oh, really? uh, Yeah, that was pretty fun. Um, But, uh, you know, about uh, uh, 2011, had an opportunity to come back on the sales and marketing side at Spectro here. Um, And really, I remember that first week, uh, just getting here and kind of feeling like it it felt like home and uh right um, you're back and, again <laughs> and for the first the first time in a, a decade I, I i felt like i was immediately putting my economics background to use as well and and so the markets and 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 the sales process and marketing it it, it all uh it all kind of clicked and i i started having a lot of fun so um but quickly got involved into uh um on the sales side and learning the market and learning learning the the value add part of of uh processing scrap and recycling scrap and and uh really got to love that and then and then transition into operations and and lean lean manufacturing and um in uh 2017 became became president and uh a lot's changed over the last 10 years or so since i've been been back but it's been a, a fun journey and um this year's been really fun actually it's our 50th anniversary this year so uh um 1973 uh spectro alloys was founded as uh uh, a small small business here in Rosemount, Minnesota, mm-hmm. um, and uh, you know my my family got involved in 1989, and uh, I, the last uh, the last ten years or so, I've been been back here, um, and uh, it's been it's been a lot of fun, a lot of change, and and a lot of uh, growth over those years, and uh, um, a lot of growth to come too. So yeah, I know, and and I want to 
go into that direction uh, in, in, in some uh, moments. But yeah. uh, after 50 years uh, in the market, and, and I'm not talking about you, I'm talking about your company, but also yeah. you having this experience on marketing and sales, I want to go in the direction of the market. Yeah. In 13 years that you've been uh, you know, working with a Spectral, always and in 15 years that this company been in the market, what, 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 what is the changes that you are seeing in the market? Because right now the market is different. And we are yeah. going into the direction of, of more uh, environmental regulations, uh, putting more effort on the recycling side, trying to get uh, on the other side of the primary aluminum industry. What is the feeling that you have right now with the market and, and how that market have been changed in the last 10 years? Yeah, it, it's evolved a lot. And I think uh, one, one thing I noticed you know, as I was young, just the importance of recycling and the, the value being provided by re- people doing the actual recycling, like like Spectro Alloys, um, and and our vendors and 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 even our customers who put a value on recycled aluminum. It, it's right. really it it really is um, the greatest recycling success story. Uh, the aluminum story in North America, um, you know, from the the depth and breadth of of the uh, just the private recycling industry in North America, it, it really is phenomenal. And, and for a lot of years, it feels like it hasn't gotten the credit it deserves uh, in terms of the importance and the value it brings from an environmental perspective. And right. where, you know, the the carbon, uh, the carbon focus here in the last in the last five, 10 years, I think has rightly elevated the importance of aluminum recycling. If you look at the energy consumption and the CO2 uh, savings of, of aluminum recycling, there's there's almost no comparison. Um, and right. couple that with the value that you can retain through recycled material over and over and over again, um, compared to most other materials, it's just it's just a, a great material when it comes to circularity and 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 uh, uh, and, and a a great carbon footprint long term. So. Um, from that perspective, I, I, it feels like the work we've always been doing is getting some better attention now uh, and, and more importance now. But it, it uh, to me, it, it feels overdue. Um, you know, it, it's something I think all of us in the industry have seen the importance and it's great that it's being recognized now more broadly. But I think it's going to it's going to keep going. It's going to get even even more important. Do you, do you think this different approach is going to change too much the pricing, for example, because I know that right now that we have more, uh, let's say, focus on the lower carbon footprint aluminum. And I think you have, I, I, I know that we have some quotes there, right? So if you are buying this type of aluminum that we create with a really, really low carbon footprint costs more. Mm-hmm. So it's, it will be like this for, for, for the rest of the, let's say next five years. Or do you think in some point, everything will be like very regulated? How do you feel about that? Yeah. If you, if you track the kind of the value of, uh, the market price of recycled alloys versus prime over over time. I mean, there there are times when it it's it's more expensive, and there's you know more frequently times when it's less right. expensive. And going forward, I think that'll that'll just you know it, it's hard to throw a dart and 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 you know pick a market price direction at any point in time. But uh, I I think relative to prime long term, I think I think people are going to be valuing recycled content more. Mm-hmm. Um, and whether it's you know carbon taxes of uh, which you know they're a couple of years ahead of us in Europe already uh, going down that yeah. road. Um, there, there will be ways. I think the market will price in uh, a, a premium for recycled content, um, and specifically for you know products made with re- recycled content. So um, it's something I, I think that uh, you know, can I say today that tomorrow uh, 
you know, recycled aluminum is yeah, that- <laughs> forever going to be more expensive or, or more valued than, than prime. Um, no, but I think it's going to be more likely that it'll be a, a higher value long-term than, than prime. Right. But, and, and I think this is an, inter- an interesting question. Uh, I, I was in a uh, in a webinar today. I was doing a presentation related to um, different type of technologies to create green aluminum. Mm-hmm. And one of the questions that uh, they just asked, and, and and I want to share this with you, is: Do you feel that the recycling industry in the United States will grow a lot? And I said, yes, I think so, because we are seeing uh, green buildings, EVs, every everything that is related to the aluminum is going in that direction. And I think it's the industry that is pushing more the economy forward. Right now, saying that, do you feel that? We we have enough material to move to the recycling side because as I feel, we will need at least 25 million tons more uh, capacity out of the primary aluminum in order to get into those big numbers that we want to get or, or we want to reach. How do you feel about it? Do you think it's going to happen? Do you think we have more, uh, let's say, road to go in order to have the recycling material or the amount of volume of material we need to you know, just change in a very drastic, drastically way on the recycling side? Yeah, that's a good question. I think as as more applications utilize aluminum and as aluminum demand grows, obviously right. recycling uh, uh, um, may or may not be able to make up uh, a large portion of that. Um, you're going to need some some primary for certain applications for sure. But if you look at the history of almost every application, it starts as a primary application and then it transitions to to a recycled alloy in, in, in most applications. Um, and I really think uh, uh, the OEMs are focused on utilizing specs that that can be made with recycled material uh, really are standing to gain long-term. Um, and, uh, you know, if the question is, can we recycle enough to meet need? Um, you know, we're already, we're already uh, going that route and, and more and more aluminum is being recycled every year, but uh, we, we have to, we have to find ways to do it better still, um, to, whether it's uh, sorting and segregation or, or just avoiding the landfill with, with UBCs. Um, there are a lot of opportunities still where we can recycle a significant amount of volume that, that isn't being recycled today and, and uh, to do it in a way that's responsible and, and, and also, uh, uh, you know, building demand for those products is, is really the key. I think you, you look at North American demand specifically, um, we're still exporting nearly half the, the, the aluminum scrap being generated right. uh, in, in terms of Zorba. Um, you know, is being shipped. I, I think I, I saw it's up 6% uh, first half of this year versus last year in terms of the export oh, really? credit aluminum scrap, uh, according to the Aluminum Association. So um, the the volume of scrap being exported, being generated here, um, consumed here and versus export, there's still a lot being exported today. Right. Um, so from my perspective, uh, it's really a demand question, and 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 in North America here, um, you know, do, finding ways to boost the demand for recycled applications, recycled alloys domestically, is still, you know, in my opinion, the, the top priority that that uh, uh, that'll help the entire recycling supply chain here in, in North America. Right, but so let's say that we start like you know going in the direction that we want to keep in the in the United States more and more the material that we are sending out yep. how this will impact the industry because at the end we are a global industry right we are a global so, industry and I, I think the 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 way yeah you know it's not to say don't export it's not it's right. not to, it's not to try to put your finger on the market and and cause something to happen uh that that's at odds with the market it, it's um you know looking at that demand side and say hey what can we do to promote recycled aluminum content whether it's castings or recycled extrusions recycled mm-hmm. sheet there's primary um 
you know, those, those ideas, uh, you know, and, and, and having OEMs focus on the carbon benefits of recycled material and, and capturing those benefits. If it builds demand for those recycled materials, uh, it, it's going to help the entire uh, recycling ecosystem here. Right. At the end, I think it's, it's like a balance between both, right? It's, it's not to stop Expo, but, uh, but also to start doing or going in another direction and, and exporting those other goods that have a really low carbon footprint and to increase the industry, but in another direction. Yeah. Now, sustainability is very important for all of us right now, you know, technology, equipment, uh, investment, everything. But I feel that the United States is very flexible in so many ways, different than, than, than Europe that we don't have in Europe. I'm not from Europe, but I say we because I believe related to the uh, European industry. Yeah. We we have their uh, no landfill, so they need to pay a fee, a very, very high cost fee. I think it's around 250 euros per ton mm-hmm. uh, in order to, you know, to 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 someone to handle those byproducts. But here in the US, we have landfills and we have carbon credits. Yeah. So how, how, how do you think or, or how do you see this? flexibility against technology and investments in order to reduce the the, the low carbon or the, the the carbon footprint because at the end I mean if I am a company and I can buy credit right why I will invest in a huge facility to so what what do you think because for me it's very interesting yeah I, I think uh you know it, it, it's going to take multiple approaches I saw the I saw the uh uh the 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 episode you had with the Hydrova guys, and I've been following right. what they're working on here. Um, and and the idea of going to zero landfill is very appealing. It's something I've been I've been following as well. Um, and uh, for it to be, you know, once it's commercially viable, and and if you have a way that that avoids hundred you know hundred percent of the landfilling, um, that that's another good success story I think for our industry. Um, and and it's gonna uh, it's gonna take. Um, you know, it's not just about carbon. It's about it's about uh, uh, what ends up in a landfill. It's about what avoids a landfill as well. I mean, right. we could also just you know keep producing more and more aluminum and landfilling the stuff that that's post post uh, consumer and end of life. And um, but that really isn't that's not benefiting uh, anybody. It, it, it's really right. a waste. And and especially when you tie the ninety five percent energy and CO two savings, it it really uh, it makes sense to focus on recycling and uh, and, and you know, we're investing in a lot of technology um, and have over the last uh, last uh, decade to help us uh, capture, you know, sort out stuff that we don't want there and and, and capture more value and, and uh, right. um, be able to use a broader range of materials, uh, post-consumer materials in particular, um, and meet a wide range of customer specifications. Well, that's been a focus. Right. So going in another direction, I want to talk about, uh, about process. Mm-hmm. What we can, like... Um, Expect from the industry. I, I want to go more in deep on spectral alloys um, in a few minutes. But how do you feel that, or, or what do you see in the market related to process? Are you seeing more technology and what type of, for example, different alloys we yeah. can expect? Because the, the alloying processes are changing a lot. Um, we have now Tesla alloys. That is not a Tesla alloy, but it's 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 a yeah. you know it's a, it's a small difference we have in composition that make these alloys a little bit different. How do you feel about this? the process that we have right now against the new alloys um that that is a good question and and uh you know we've we've personally been at spectra have been focused a lot on on making higher purity alloys and and doing it repeatedly and and being able to do it with post-consumer scrap and so that that right. is a strong strong suit of ours but it, uh it, it takes a lot of investment and and it uh 
uh, and it's not a not a slam dunk. Uh, you, you know, right. there there is uh, um, there are some some risks there, but I, I think in general um, there's a shift to more die casting. If you would have asked me five years ago what electrification means for the die casting industry um, and for recycled alloys, uh, it was a pretty bleak picture. If you were looking at at getting rid of the biggest source of, of aluminum castings in a vehicle, being right. the the engine and the and the and the transmission. Um, but if you look at a Tesla today, especially with the, the, the large, the giga casting that they're doing it, it really, um, it's a, it's a much different story. And actually there's, you know, there's way more aluminum in a, in an electric vehicle today, especially a Tesla compared to, uh, compared to five years ago, what was, what was forecast and, uh, and even cast aluminum. So, um, like you mentioned, the alloys are a little bit different and, and the route to hit those alloys is a little bit different, but, um, but, uh, uh, it is. It has been a focus of ours and 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 a strong suit of ours as well. Right, but you just make me think about something. We have more aluminum in a EV that than than five years ago, and mostly in the Tesla cars. Yep. But how easy is to recycle that aluminum because it's practically it's just huge one huge part. Yep. And this type of vehicle has a really long useful life. Mm-hmm. So. How do you see this, you know, like closed loop system there yeah. into the recycling process? So uh, it, it comes it comes down to being able to segregate streams of post consumers to crap and and mm-hmm. to do it re- reliably and repeatedly. Um, and uh, and and there, you know, there there have been a lot of advances in there. There's still a long ways to go. Um, right, but. Uh, again, you look at just the sheer volume that is going to be recycled as as new F one fifties five years ago that were right. <laughs> went to aluminum as those start being recycled and and Teslas and um, you know the other thing about a, a large vehicle is uh, you know when you have the entire front end of a vehicle being one casting and you get into a fender bender and that casting cracks, well, that whole car is probably shot. I mean, they're not going to take the whole car apart to replace the casting that holds the whole thing together. Right. You know, the the question on what does that aluminum stream post-consumer on, on the automotive side look like in five years, I think, um, you know, in my opinion, more signs are, are pointing towards a, a higher percentage of aluminum in the in each vehicle. And, and mm-hmm. uh, um, you know, I, I think long-term uh, autonomous driving might, might reduce a- accident rates and extend vehicle life significantly. But, uh, um, you know, in the short term, I, I think you know, cars are still getting in accidents and, and it takes less yeah. and less for a car to get totaled today and, and sent to a scrapyard. And so, um, you know, I, I, I think the, the supply chain for recycled uh, material out of the automotive stream is, is going to stay strong and particularly for aluminum. Yeah, what, what, I, what I think is that we will grow on the aluminum side first on the production and manufacturing and then in the long, in the long term, we will realize how we will deal with all these cars and everything at the at the end of the day, right? Yeah. Scrap yards. I was at the Scrap Expo last week. Yep. For me, it was a little bit uh, surprising that it was a very small show, but it's just the second year. Mm-hmm. But the, the funny thing is I, I saw nothing related to aluminum transformation. So it's like the, the, the scrap yard industry that they consider themselves like a recycling industry it's a totally different industry than uh, fr- from the foundry industry. Aluminum transformation looks like they are different industries, but they have the same goal. Yeah. Do you think? Because I was feeling month ago, a month ago, that the ba- the scrap jars and uh, people that is sorting and trading and cleaning is looking more on the foundry side, and they are trying to do this transition from scrap jars to foundries. Do you feel the same? Do you think it's a good idea to merge everyone? Because at the end, if you want 
more efficiency, you need to start from, from the basic, right? From the yep. foundation that the scrap jar, sorting, uh, segregation. Do you feel that some of these companies will, will turn themselves into foundries or they will partner up with people, for example, like you in order to grow both together? That's, that's a good question. I don't, I don't really know the answer, but I do right. know, <laughs> you know, the, the, uh, the environmental hurdles, um, and the investment needed to become a, a, a recycler, a, a secondary smelter at this point are, are, are a lot different than they were even five or 10 years ago. Uh, and, and um, you know, we've invested uh, just here at Spectro over $7 million in the last three years alone, just on pollution control technology. Um, you know, it, it, it's, a, it's a high bar in terms of the investment needed to, to responsibly recycle. Um, uh, and ultimately, I, I think, we look at it as a value chain that that um, you know Spectro fits in with. Yeah, you know, we're we're extremely active in ISRI and and yeah, um, know. you know Renee Toy, our director of supply chain, is is a chapter president of of ISRI for the Upper Midwest. Here, um, we've been involved on the leadership side from that aspect, and 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 over the years uh, uh, on the NADCA side as well on the on the die casting side, and then and then right. uh, also the Aluminum Association. So it it's a it's a huge industry if you look at the entire supply chain and and their. There are a lot of opportunities, I think, for all all of those groups to be well aligned um, and, and and promoting the benefits of recycling. Um, and if you look at the 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 tide that lifts all boats, it's it's really surrounding the demand for recycled alloys right. from the OEMs. And and the more we can do to to realize and 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 publicize the benefit. I mean, it's a staggering 95% energy and CO2 savings tied to recycled aluminum. And, right. and that, yeah. that speaks for itself. I mean, that uh, if consumers understand that and be, are pulling more for recycled content and specifically more for aluminum that can be recycled and aluminum that is recycled, it helps uh, float all the boats. So um, I, I think that approach uh, is is the most important. So. Yeah, I I'm totally agree. At the end, uh, recycling or secondary industry just consume five ten percent of the energy you require on the primary, and just produce a, I think is around one ton of CO two per one ton of aluminum against of twenty tons that you can just you know from the primary sector. Now talking about expansion, fifty years already for spectral alloys, and I yeah. know you are doing you just um communicate everything like a few weeks ago, talking about the investment that you are doing. Uh, it's around $70 million. What is the approach? What will be the technology? And I think I have a good question for you. How much volume you will mix between primary aluminum and secondary aluminum in order to move that new investment forward on the sustainability side? Yeah. So uh, just um, our, our investment here and, and what we've announced recently was a, an expansion to, to put in a, a, a cast house uh, for extrusion billet and for sheeting. Um, and our focus is to uh, uh, have those products um, uh, in able to get us into that extrusion business and and uh, and the sheeting business uh, and, and add value by recycling uh, things right. that we're either touching today or or where there's a local uh, demand and supply that we can we can add value for the the supply chain and and to to be better um, uh, and a more well-rounded uh, product offering not just cast alloys that we're doing today so right. um, it, it's a uh, uh, it's a big step for us as a company it's a you know a 90,000 square foot building and and uh, uh, and and a significant uh, increase in 
production capacity. Um, but uh, it, it, it's really exciting in terms of the, the end markets we're going to be able to service. Um, and, and our focus is to have as much of that be recycled content as possible. So I think right. we're in a great position with our, our other investments on site here uh, to leverage post-consumer scrap in a way that, that most can't in that segment. Um, and to have a higher percentage of recycled content than than uh, is typical in that in that part of the uh, of, of the industry. So um, yeah, it's like, at the at the end, you always need to understand how to play, right? Is yeah. it's more going into uh, how much I can reduce the primary content in order to be more sustainable. I saw that you said something that for me was like uh, you said that with the new plant. You will create so much energy savings that you can power up the the the, the homes in, in Minneapolis and in Saint Paul combined. Combined, yeah. Wow. So that that again, that's a comparison to primary. If you're looking at the 95% energy savings in recycling, if you took uh, if you if we weren't recycling the pounds at Spectro and instead it was primary aluminum at at uh, 20 times the the energy consumption, right. Um, that power is equivalent today at, at Spectro. It could power every home in Minneapolis. And, and with this expansion, ultimately, uh, the, the, the increase in recycled pounds that we'll be able to produce here would cover all the houses in St. Paul. So here locally, the Twin Cities, as we refer to them, uh, uh, you know, it's uh, hundreds of thousands of homes and, and uh, combined and, and uh, the, the energy savings that uh, that we'd realized through recycling at Spectro here would would be enough to to power every home in Minneapolis and St. Paul. Oh, that's that's just that's just crazy. That just it is. Yeah, as, as you just said at the beginning, that speak for itself, right? Yeah. It's, it's it's just crazy. Labor. How do you feel about labor? Because labor is a really complicated issue right now in it North is. America, and right. So I know with this facility, you could provide a lot of different kind of jobs and, and, and yeah. that I'm really happy about it. But how are you dealing with the labor? Because it's not easy to find labor and it's even no. more complicated to keep those people inside the company, right? Yeah. So how do you feel about it? What what is this what is the strategy from now on that Spectro is thinking about in order to keep the people happy there, to reach that people in the different type of profiles. What is the strategy there? Well, uh, everything we do surrounds, you know, it, it, it starts with the people and and uh, we put safety and people first. It's our first core value as a company. Um, and, uh, you know, for 50 years, we've been here operating operating that way. And, and uh, um, we wouldn't be where we are today. We wouldn't have made it, you know, half as long without, without the dedicated uh, group of, of of teammates that we have here. So um, the the labor aspect of it, you know, when you're looking at a large expansion and having to hire a whole whole bunch of, of new people, um, you know that that part of it is uh, something you don't just jump in and and, uh, right. and turn on a switch and 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 get uh, 50 more people here the next day. It's something that we've been planning for for a while, um, and it and it really starts with. Uh, uh, you know, uh, changing our core business over the last five years, we've we put a lot of effort and energy into even uh, uh, improving the working conditions at, at Spectro Alloys. Uh, right. and, and our new warehouse, which you can see behind me here, um, was central to that. Uh, over the last couple of years, we've completely overhauled the uh, work environment in the plant, uh, especially at the tap end. It's something I mentioned. I, I worked out there when I was in high school and college, right. and, and I, I stacked twenty eight pound ingot with a shovel, and that was that was a, a you know for a twelve hour shift. It was something you could find people to do back then, but uh, it's a lot harder today. Um, today we have robots that do the stacking, and and it's a it's a much different job with uh, 
a much cleaner work environment and um, and uh, and more automation. Um, and uh, you know that that approach, what we're putting in for the new plant is is state of the art uh, uh, technology and automation that that'll that'll uh, that'll be world class. So. Um, it, it's something that that uh, we, we think is a you know a big step forward, a, an opportunity for our existing workforce, uh, and also we're going to be we're going to be hiring and training new new people uh, as well. Um, but our core competency of of understanding chemistry of of scrap and uh, of processing and melting and casting aluminum uh, is really is really what we're looking for in those new new employees as well. And and so we're we're hiring now uh, and training people uh, that'll be working two years from now in, in the new cast house. So oh, that that's a g- great idea in order to reduce the 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 learning curve that you will have into your facility. So getting to the end of this episode because I, I know that you should be very very busy and I really appreciate the yeah. time you are you are putting in this. When we will see the next step on of the expansion and where or sorry when you think that this new facility will start producing aluminum for the rest of the world. So we're uh, uh, we are uh, breaking ground in March and and will be operational in July of 2025. So it, it's uh, it's still a that's long the goal. time but uh, yeah that that's a track we're on today and and uh, and we'll be uh, we'll be producing billet and and sheeting it starting uh, second half of of 2025. Great. So look, thank you so much for being here with us. I really appreciate it. I think people will love this episode. Uh, We went from, from, you know, from your background to the market to uh, different ways. And at the end, I want just to say congratulations for uh, 50, uh, you know, anniversary right now in the Spectral Alloys and the new plan, the new investment. And also uh, congratulations for being that guy that is leading the industry in in some portion to the the trends, you know, to the sustainability, low carbon footprint, better alloys, better practices, clean automation. I think you are also thinking about 4.0, IoT, all these different type of technologies that we really want to see into the aluminum industry to grow and to be better. So thank you so much. I really appreciate your time. And well, I think hopefully this is not going to be the first and the last time that we will have you here in our podcast. So thank you so much. We really appreciate it. Yeah, I appreciate you having me on. Thank you, Julio. 